Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay. I think we're good to go. Okay. Um, hi. Hello. Did everyone survive the Cancer full moon? No. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, just objectively, not everyone did. <laughs> people died. People died. Girl, just in no the way that people die every day. People but... died at Stonewall. Girl, <laughs> no one died. They didn't die? No nobody one, died? Nobody died? <laughs> um... God damn. I said, God damn. Mercury in retrograde got our asses. It got your ass for sure. Well, I mean, it got our asses. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how this is on me. It's both of us that has to re-record this right now. Oh, that's what you're referencing. Okay, okay. okay. What did you think? I don't know. Just like mend, like, you know, we're going through it because it's retrograde. (laughs) Once again, what are you referencing? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, my God. Uh, it was a bad joke. Continue. At least I edit that out. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Out of the two of us, I'm the one that's going through it right now? <laughs> I'm not going. I'm confused. I don't Here's know what, if you're always, what show you're watching. If you're always going through it, are you really, like, Ever going, going through, through it? it? <laughs> you know, if you're just, like, if from when you were born... You've kind of just been, I feel like I've just been going through it since I popped out of the womb. So I don't know that it's I'm really. It's interesting, like, because when you say that, that's okay. But when one of our friends said that to you, you're like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Who said that? At one point, one of our friends said to you, I feel like you're always going through it. Oh, well, that's because they said it in a shitty way. And we were <laughs> not that close yet. And they also, pr- like, before that statement, they said, are you in therapy? <laughs> Because okay. they came in, asked me how I was doing. I said that I like was a little bit sad about something. And they said, are you in therapy? Because I feel like you're always going through it. Which was rich coming from that friend. Mm. Who's kind of on a constant process feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Well, are you in therapy? No, because guess what? None of the girls can get in right now. <laughs> because if, if anyone hasn't noticed, we're kind of in a pandemic. And our healthcare system is crumbling beneath us. So no one's taking new patients. Yeah. No one that takes my insurance is taking new patients. And I refuse to pay for therapy. I don't even care if it's like $3 for a copay. <laughs> I don't care how paying. sliding that scale is. I'm not doing it. <laughs> That's cutting into my drug money. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Amen. Yeah, somebody <clears throat> literally yesterday, somebody was like recommending um, this like company to me. Like, you know. Those fucking therapy companies that send you like Instagram ads. Yeah, like Better Help or Better Talk. Et cetera. Or, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, they like recommended one of those to me and they're like, it's only $350 a month. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. What? I was like, like I don't know only what kind a month. of mental illness you have, but I have the kind that prevents me from spending that kind of money on anything that isn't just pure. That's literally fun and half of my rent. Like, what? <laughs> and yeah, rent. <laughs> but i'm not psychotic i was like yeah i get a free therapist through medicaid and i'm not about to like switch to an app for only 350 dollars a month that being said if any of these apps want to sponsor the podcast that is such a reasonable price yeah yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely 
That is so reasonable. Everyone should get on board. Yeah. I don't need therapy anyway. I have you. (laughs) (laughs) I have you, listener. This is our therapy. A lot of people are like, yeah, we know. We would love for that to no longer be the case, actually. Back to being funny. Um, (laughs) Speaking of being funny, what a great episode we have in store for y'all. Oh, yes. We have our lovely guest, Ty Mitchell. Yes. Writer, porn, porn star, star, Aries extraordinaire. Kind of just like Brooklyn icon. Yeah. Queer, nightlife, uh, familiar. Absolutely. Just like a beautiful. Perfect teeth. Perfect teeth. Could not take my eyes off of those teeth. No, the whole they're interview. absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> just like kind of one of the most beautiful people I've ever laid eyes on. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense the line of work that... Yeah. Um, I love hearing gorgeous people. I mean, we do this too, and like we're gorgeous. <laughs> we're um, famously gorgeous. We're famously gorgeous. gorgeous. And I'm referencing this because they talked about it in the interview a bit. I love hearing gorgeous people talk about how they don't necessarily feel gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it's comforting. It's comforting. Yeah. It's like, okay, so anytime I've ever not felt gorgeous, I was actually stunning the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's happening in this right interview. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Great interview, one of our faves, and we can't wait for y'all to hear it. Also, on our Patreon episode this week, we talk about... Just a lot of shit. (laughs) We talk a lot of shit. We talk about just some, you know, interpersonal drama per usual. Um, We talk about our... Am I the drama? Am I I the villain? (laughs) Um, We talk about what we like about each other. Yes, we fall even more deeply in love. Than ever before. ever before. So if you're a fan of um, just when Nika and I are loving and kind to each other, which I think is all the time. Yeah. there's, you know, it's like a more exaggerated, concentrated version. It's like us when we're on Molly. Yeah, literally, <laughs> if you want to hear what it's like, I mean, maybe that's the next. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> the rug episode. We oh do. my God. Us on Molly. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, imagine if we brought mics to the party. <laughs> Just at some Maybe point to recorded. The yes, 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 yes. All right, cool. Um, yeah. We'll time the taking of the Molly at the party so that we're still JK Rowling at the after. <laughs> we are still JK Rowling. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to hear what it sounds like when we're on Molly together, <laughs> first of all, let us know if you want to actually hear, hear that. that. But second of all, a very close to real version of that it's is this, the, week's this week's app. Patreon episode. So um, patreon.com slash best mistakes pod. Yes. Get on board, you know, get busy patronizing or get busy, <laughs> I guess, saving your money. Um, <laughs> let's see. What? A- <clears throat> oh, my God. I have a frog in my throat and not like a fun hot one that I can kiss oh and God, turn into and turns into a prince. Just like I have to keep clearing my goddamn throat. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the symptoms of the new variant? Yep. Is it? I don't know. Oh God. I don't know. I've been so much I've been sneezing of. all week and I'm like, do I have COVID? But... <laughs> I don't know. I get like a weird itch and I'm like, is that a new symptom? I'm gonna post. I I'm personally living in my own post COVID world. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I also whenever someone's like, it's not post COVID, which I have been guilty of saying something like that but i think what we all mean by that is post-covid existing like in a post-covid world you know like people are like it's not post covid it's like yeah but post-covid like starting yeah yeah yeah. there's like pre-covid yeah 
And there's post-COVID, yeah. but that doesn't mean that COVID is over. I'm in a post-giving-a-fuck yeah. society about COVID. <laughs> post-giving-a-fuck about COVID society. That's that's the world I'm living in. And Sorry. Godspeed and God bless. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm there. Like, you know, I give a fuck in certain arenas, but I, like, don't give a fuck as far as, like, my immediate day-to-day life i'm not somebody who is in contact with like extremely high-risk people i'm mostly just vibing i guess but like i like you know i give a fuck about like all the political shit that covid has started that's what i give a fuck yeah yeah yeah, for sure i just care about like you know the day-to-day shit yeah i'm i'm not singing happy birthday while i wash my hands let's just say that no. I'm not wiping down any groceries. No. Um, mostly because I'm just eating takeout right now. <laughs> Sorry. I just got back from multiple trips and have yet to like really – maybe that's one on my to-do list today is I need to go grocery shopping. All right. Because I'm here. I'm here in New York for the foreseeable future. Thank God. Yeah. Anyway, what else? What's el- What's going on in our lives we just finished Yellow Jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. No spoilers, but... No spoilers, but I am lobby. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I have a... I mean, I didn't take the quiz, so I just don't know. You took an online quiz, right? Yeah, you're Juliette Lewis's character. Okay, well, that is offensive. Why? Her, she's like the only straight girl. What do you mean? None of them are queer. Besides Taisa and Van. No, they're all... Like, Shauna and Jackie have a whole weird, like, homoerotic... But we don't know that. I mean... I know, but just... You're filling in blanks there. Not really. Like, a lot of the show was Shauna, like, like feeling certain types of ways about Jackie. That's just, like, in the show. I mean... I think. It, yeah, I don't know. It didn't read to me as that. As... Somebody who had many homoerotic best friendships in high school, Shauna and Jackie are not straight. I will say that. Um, obviously, there's right, a well, whole... Maybe you're Shauna then. I don't know. I just feel like if you're anyone, you're <laughs> but Juliet yes, Lewis's I character. Have a, I have a blonde mullet, and I was a whore in high school. If it's that's not just that. And a drug problem. You just have similar energy. I can see you <laughs> reacting to a lot of the crazy shit. The way that she would. She's kind of the only one that's like, what Yeah, the no, fuck? I, no I, I, I don't actually disagree with you. I just, I feel personally betrayed by the show writers that the yeah, person with that the, fucking haircut for sure is, straight. is straight. For sure, And for like, sure. canonically only straight, yeah, you know? Like, just sure. is only fucking guys and is obsessed with specifically one guy, both as a teenager and, and in an adulthood. Adult. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just like... Don't give her the coolest personality and coolest haircut if she's just going to be obsessed with a guy named Travis. Yeah. Travis? Oh, Travis. I mean, listen, great character. Oh, my God. Would absolutely be sucking and fucking. (laughs) That's all I'd be doing if I were her and he were there. Well, then maybe you're... What's her face? No, I'm just definitely Lottie. I've had, like, weird dreams since I was a kid. I've always believed that that I have little weird psychic abilities um i would be an excellent cult leader okay once again spoiler alert but no i mean for just in the, the past they literally show it in the pilot that they're like they don't say who it is okay we have to edit that out it's okay, her face whatever. isn't showing as the cult leader whatever at least i'll bleep that out <laughs> 
show ended. Figure, you know, get on. The season it ended. ended literally last week, and Nika's like, "Go watch it." <laughs> I can't help it if it's spoiled for you. Meanwhile, when somebody mildly spoiled something for you on Twitter, you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, but I didn't say anything to them. I just, you know, kept along. I was a little bit grateful because I was happy to find out that that. Yeah. Um. So I was like, "Oh, thanks." I was a little bit annoyed because I was like, "That was presumptuous," but whatever. Yeah. I'm somebody who I like hate watching shows when they're coming out because, first of all, I hate waiting for new episodes. And I was absolutely cursed with finding out about and liking this show before the season was over. So I was like waiting for episodes. But also a reason I hate watching a show as it's coming out is because I have the kind of autism where I like to just know how something ends and then just like (laughs) breeze through it and enjoy just kind of like happily knowing where everything ends up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been driving me crazy that I have like no information on how anything goes yeah. as I'm watching it. So if we accidentally spoil something for you, like, I'm sorry if you don't like that, but like, that's like my love language is having things spoiled for me. So I'm just telling, I, that's me showing love for y'all by that's spoiling real. this show for you. That's real. Just kidding. We are um, going to edit out one major spoiler. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to burp. <laughs> we are going to edit out one major spoiler that may or may not have just been said in this but conversation. But we're not editing out me burping. No, under no circumstances. <laughs> under no circumstances. <laughs> That's body positivity is um, us burping right into the microphone. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous girls have functioning digestive systems and burp into the microphone. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway... Watch Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Watch Yellow Jackets. It's so good. Melanie Linsky is a comedic genius. I when I got my coffee this morning, the two baristas at my at my coffee shop were talking about Yellow Jackets and how like they haven't seen the last episode yet. And then I just started talking to them about Yellow Jackets, and I was just like, ugh, I like Yellow Jackets feels like just something big is brewing culturally. Yeah, like. The fact that it's a 10-episode first season that literally just ended on Showtime, which hasn't had, like, a big show in a while. Yeah. And, like, I'm just walking into a cafe, and it's, like, we're all talking about it. And, like, you know, at the little dinner we were at with friends Mm -hmm. last night, everyone had already seen it. I was, like, this has real potential to be the next, like, Lost or Game of Thrones or, like, whatever. I think it will be. Yeah. So get on it, everybody. Get that Showtime free trial. Or then, use uh, soaptoday.org. Oh, does that have it for free? It's like one, two, three movies. Yeah, that's how I've been watching it. Oh, okay. Pierce put me onto that website so that I could watch. I forgot what show. Oh, and just like that, because HBO Max, nothing works on my computer. HBO Max and Hulu and Showtime don't work mm. on the version of Google Chrome my computer allows me to have. Gotcha. So I can kind of only watch Netflix. <laughs> and nothing good is on Netflix. There are no good shows on Netflix. No. Netflix is currently in a huge drought. It's in its flop era. It is in its flop era. The only show that it, that has caused any kind of like cultural stir in the last few months was um, Squid Games. Yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't watch, watch that. that because I just didn't feel like reading. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I think it was Young Me said that there was um, like incredible mistranslations in the like that makes sense subtitles, and yeah, she posted this like whole thing where it's like if you're watching this show and you don't speak Korean, you're like actually missing so much of the show because mm-hmm. they're not properly subtitling it. Netflix subtitles always suck. Yeah, and so then as soon as she Even said that, English I was like, I, 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 yeah, 
it does it's like often not what, what they're saying yeah. it's like sometimes like it's very similar like yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah. even like it was um a typo or something it's like a different way of saying the same yeah, thing it's really weird yeah it's very strange which is funny because i actually know somebody who their job is making those subtitles mm-hmm. like making the closed captions for netflix specifically and i've kind of like you know i'm not gonna actually say anything to them because it's just their fucking office job they don't really care about but mm-hmm. I've, I've just been like do y'all know that mm-hmm. the netflix closed captions are terrible or is that just kind of like a fun prank you're playing on us yeah just wondering just wondering let us know <laughs> Um, anyway, shall we segment? Yeah. Shall we just slide on in to Let's our segments? Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. We did <clears throat> record this intro already and Mercury retrograde, not my own computer illiteracy. Mercury in retrograde, <laughs> retrograde <laughs> deleted the file. So um, if it sounds like we're kind of like repeating something to each other, we are, but it's, we'll try to keep it fresh for the listener. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I don't even actually remember what I said yesterday. I remember my keepsake. Maybe I'll, I'll just start with my keepsake. My keepsake is that I have, and honestly, my keepsake has blossomed even further since when we first recorded this intro. Um, my keepsake this week is that I um, have been just like getting a lot closer to one of my friends in particular. Shout out to Siler, another Aquarius legend. Um, we like spent a lot of time in Zipolite together when I was just in Mexico. We like had our our B and B together, um, or whatever you would call it. It wasn't through Airbnb, but there was no breakfast, so just our our B, our beds. um we have been friends for a while now but this past weekend we like left a party early together to go to a diner and like get some food and just like gab and just you know gorgeous gorgeous girls love to gab instead of um finishing out the party and it was just really sweet we like bonded really hard on some things and like opened up to each other about our lives and it I just feel a lot closer to this friend who I love so dearly and then also yesterday they came to my stand up show and it was just really lovely to like be telling my little jokes and hear their laugh in the audience mm-hmm. and for them to like give me like really sweet feedback afterwards I don't know it's just you know you know when yeah. you level up with a friend that I feeling do. I do sure you do Nika doesn't know I Nika, don't have any friends. <laughs> Nika doesn't have any friends. Famously, a girl with no friends. It's sad. It's sad, actually. Listen, I've um, done less with it. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You know. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's my keepsake, is I just dearly, dearly love my friend Siler. Um, our friend Siler. Um, and my friend Siler. What? My friend Siler. Yeah, that I've stolen that from That I you. introduced you to. <laughs> yeah. Nika's just mad because... Um, you know, because I'm 14 years old and I don't like when I introduce my friends to people and they become friends. <laughs> I think it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, if if you met any of your friends through another friend, you're I want not you to allowed know to be friends with them. That, that's actually not your friend. That was that's just your, your friend's, friend's friend. friend. And you're only allowed to be friends when that friend is in the room with you. You're you're only allowed to be friends with people that you found yourself out in the wild. Like you just like grabbed like, them like by their collar. Style. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know those like the, the lasso grabbing, <laughs> grab like grabbing somebody by the neck with the end of a cane yes yeah that is the only way that you're allowed to claim someone as your friend otherwise if you met through mutual friends that's just it's that mutual friend's, friend's friend. friend that's just the law that's, that's my hot take actually um we're absolutely joking we, <laughs> we're subtweeting right now. <laughs> we're, we're subtweeting someone right now um <laughs> And it's not that much of a sub and it's not a tweet, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, just like kind of crazy logic, which is so funny because I'm that one of that, that person's close friends because of me that they met through you. Yeah. (laughs) For absolute. No, like for sure. (laughs) Uh, Just like, it doesn't add up, love. Doesn't at all. (laughs) But it's fine. Um. Okay, that was my keepsake. Um, is that I just really like Nika's friend Siler. <laughs> I am dying, like, because you, me, and Siler hung out this weekend, the three of us, yeah. which was very cute. Um, and I there was like at one point, I just desperately wish that I had recorded, like, I had taken a video of the moment that y'all were talking about back when you didn't like each other very much (laughs) because it was just very funny and it was very like I wanted to caption it on TikTok like when your two best friends are Aquariuses (laughs) (laughs) because it was just very like the way you like lovingly told each other what bitches you once were (laughs) I was like this is such deep Aquarius energy that neither of you are taking this personally and you think it's like a funny like ha 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 remember when we like didn't really get along but now we love each other this is why I love that's air how signs. it should be uh, that's how it should be babes like air signs and fire signs can do that kind of shit yeah. I mean not that the other signs can't but like no, it's but water just... signs can't really I think sometimes I think, some, I think there are a few cancers come to mind that yeah. are able to do that Pisces and Scorpios can't yeah, no, they take it very personally. And I know, because I have major Scorpio placements. Yeah, so. and we just, like, have a lot of them in our lives yeah. that, you know, they can dish it out but hardcore, they cannot but they take cannot it. take it. Cancers, I think, can. Yeah, no, cancers are funny. And, and I mean, cancers cannot take everything that they can dish out, but they can take jokes about, like, when you were in a fight or didn't get along or whatever, like, that yeah. kind of thing. They have pretty good senses of humor about. Um, broad strokes here that we're painting with, but... That's, I mean, tell us we're wrong. Just tell us we're wrong. Yeah. I dare you. Um, and I will say on the same coin, I think Aries are probably the fire sign that can take it the least. Yeah. But we can still take it. For sure. Uh, so I'm throwing myself on that <laughs> into that uh, ring as well. Um, while I throw everyone else under that bus, I'm under that bus with you. I promise. Anyway. My mistake, my mistake this week. Oh, yeah, that's um, I just listen. I have ADHD. I have made peace with it. Um, I forgive myself for not always being perfect or meeting my own expectations. But um, all that being said, I've been very frustrated with myself this week with how much my ADHD has been like dictating the my tasks that I do and do not do. Like I have a lot of different plates spinning at the moment. Um, the biggest and most important plate is a birthday party I may or may not be planning for somebody. Who? <laughs> um, don't worry about it. You're not invited. Okay, great. Um, and because that's the thing I'm most excited about and like happy about, I'm like I keep finding myself kind of just like 
because ADHD is the constant hunt for the next hit of dopamine, um, I just have been pouring all of my energy into that, which is a good thing because I'm happy to do so. But boy, oh boy, are there just things on the back burner that are starting to burn. Mm. And they're like, bestie, just even stir me once. <laughs> give us a, just give us a little, turn the heat down maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, But anyway, so that's my mistake is I'm just uh, extremely not, tending to certain tasks and it's like fully 100% because my brain will not let myself focus on something that does not immediately bring me dopamine and I know that that's my ADHD and in general that's something that I can sort of wrangle and I've just been terrible about it this week that's my mistake my um hot take Oh, my hot take, yeah. and this is kind of a this is kind of a pun because it has to do with literal temperatures. My hot take is that as somebody who was raised with Fahrenheit and Celsius, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I when it comes to just temperatures of the outdoors, yeah. when it comes to weather, Fahrenheit is far superior. And I'm sorry, I know that people who are familiar with both. It's the last thing they want to hear. It's like a real Celsius world out there. Everyone is just fucking riding hard for Celsius. Celsius being based on water makes sense for it being like the scientific thing, the scientific metric. I'd be okay with Celsius even being what we used for like cooking temperatures. Mm. But for the weather, for what temperatures feel like on the human body... A like zero to a hundred ish scale makes way more sense to me than it being like hot as balls outside and being like, oh my God, it's 29 degrees. Yeah. Like, that's not what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like 85 fucking degrees. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's call it 85. Or when like freezing is zero, like 32 degrees is very cold. Don't get me wrong, but it's not unbearable. Yeah. We have so much further to go before it's like painful to be outside. Yeah. So, like, 32 makes more sense to me than zero. Yeah. Like, zero is a pussy-ass number for freezing. I agree. Like, Fahrenheit zero is what zero actually feels like. That's when it, like, it actually, like, hurts your skin to be in the outdoors. That is zero. And being, like, below zero with Fahrenheit means so much more than Mm. being below zero with Celsius. Or being above, like, 100 with Fahrenheit. Like, that's, like, oh, because it feels so fucking hot outside. And it's not like, oh, it's 35 degrees, which obviously is very hot if you're familiar with Celsius. But it's just not what it feels like. It's not cathartic to say. That's my hot take. My literal hot take. My 100 degree take. All right. Fahrenheit. All right. Your turn. All right. My keepsake, kind of similar to yours, about friends and friendship. Um, We're so gay. (laughs) All we fucking talk about is besties. My God. um, I know. Um, Is that I was in a scenario on Sunday night um, that was kind of like a big pile of dog shit (laughs) um, that led, like the silver lining was that it led to me. There were four friends involved. I'll name names because this is like good stuff. Mark, JT, (laughs) Kevin, and Goose slash Angus. Um, And 
It was the first, it was like my first moment, my first mom, if you will, where I was like, oh, Kevin and Goose are like my best friends, Um, which I'm not including Mark and JT in this because I've kind of already been feeling that way about them, which it's like so weird to um, call someone your best friend um, before they have. (laughs) I I am obsessed with doing that. So if you guys don't feel that way, just let me know and I'll put a loaded gun in my mouth. (laughs) Um, Pull the trigger on the podcast. (laughs) On, on Patreon, though, on Patreon. <laughs> on Patreon, Patreon, since you're both patrons. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it was just a nice feeling to be like, ooh, we're leveling up, and this is, like, cool, hot, chic, sexy. It's just nice to feel loved by your friends and to also love your friends. Um, my mistake is that I've just been acting um, financially illiterate because I am financially illiterate like the most financially illiterate person you'll ever meet and have met. Um, just have not been, um, I'm not even necessarily doing anything wrong. It's just like literally the worst time of year to be in the service industry. And so I'm just making like absolutely nothing in tips at work. And the other job that I do is literally like events are just not happening right now because of the time of year. And so kind of all I have right now is like only fans and um, Patreon and Patreon so and get Anchor. On that. Yeah, like get on the Patreon, get on <laughs> Anchor, subscribe to my OnlyFans. Like, do whatever it is you need to do <laughs> to get money into my bank account. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my mistake and my hot take. So somebody tweeted yesterday. I don't know, man. It's the way gays and queers will try to normalize kissing your platonic friends and calling it liberating or some shit instead of what it really is, lacking solid boundaries. To which I say, insert here that gif of Regina George saying shut up and rolling her (laughs) eyes. Because there is nothing inherently lacking in boundaries about kissing your friends on the mouth. And I don't mean (laughs) literally kissing your friends on the mouth by like greeting them hello. Making out with your friends is fine. It's totally cool if you're both cool with it and it's consensual it's also not inherently a gay or queer thing to make out with your friends straight people also famously do that yeah um and so yeah my hot take is just like shut the fuck up and like use i statements (laughs) i don't like making out with my friends because Because i don't have boundaries yeah Uh also what like to say something is inherently lacking boundaries is assuming that everyone else goes into it without boundaries already in place yeah and it's also Like, like once again, use I statements. Yeah, like, like I'm sorry that your you friends don't, don't have boundaries you. with your yeah, yeah, friends yeah. when you kiss them. But like plenty of people do have those boundaries like in place and like have active conversations yeah. with the people that they are physical with. Like mm. you're making a lot of assumptions here yeah. that there are no boundaries. Like yeah. who said that? Who declared to you yeah. that everyone else doing this has no boundaries when yeah. they do it? It's so weird. Uh, yeah. Um. So that's my hot take. Yeah, we hate... Um blasphemous uh rhetoric on kiss your friends on the mouth culture famously we kiss our friends on the mouth on this podcast kind of the ethos of this podcast <laughs> is kissing your friends on and the mouth yes, with tongue it has perils it has pitfalls but what what, are you what talking about? in life worth doing doesn't <laughs> yeah is i i ask you i mean i've per- like i don't relate i personally have never experienced any pitfalls <laughs> from kissing my friends on the mouth i don't know what that's like 
Um, but I know it happens to other people. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, not us, not us, not us. Never it, heard about it happening to other people. To other people. It could never be me. <laughs> at all. No. Um, and definitely don't listen to our <laughs> Patreon episodes. <laughs> or kind of our main that. episodes. Or, yeah. <laughs> don't worry too much about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at her. Look at me. <laughs> uh, um... Oh, and also it's your birthday this week or this upcoming week. By yeah, the time Monday. the next episode comes out, you will have had your birthday. Yeah. Like wow. not the one we're currently yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel like this being the last episode that you're a 26-year-old? I can't wait to enter my late 20s. Um, uh, my early 20s were dog shit. My <laughs> mid 20s were a lot of fun. It's just it keeps getting better. Um it puts me, you know, one year closer to being 30, which I can't wait for. Yeah, you've been 13 going on 30 for a while for a now. While. Just really tapping your foot waiting for tap, that 30. Tap, tapping my foot waiting to be 30. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait. I swear to God, if I die at 27, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> wait, hold on a second. <laughs> if I die at 30, I mean, if I die at 27, I am going to... I, so I'm going to make sure that someone brings me back from the grave yeah. so I can then kill myself because I'll be so pissed that I died at such a whack, fucking stupid, romanticized age. Yeah. So keep your white lighters away from me. Keep your <laughs> heroin away from me. And I'm not even fucking famous when it happens. happens. I'm going to be so fucking pissed. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Um, yeah, I can't wait. It'll be exciting. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Thank you. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's a bummer we're not doing anything to celebrate. I know. There's like no parties happening at all. No. And like, it just doesn't seem like any of your friends are really interested in doing anything for your birthday. So, yeah. JK. Wait, so why did I get a dress tailored? <laughs> I don't know. It's straight up delusional. You're like, hee hee hee, I got a, I have an outfit for if a party happens. I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess send me the invite if a party's happening. But I've just been minding my business. Just going out for the next few weeks. Um, if you want to come, I guess come. Uh-huh. Um next week our, we record an episode and it's just fucking dead silence you're like so mad <laughs> you're like wait so <laughs> that wasn't a joke <laughs> my mistake this week was thinking that I had a good friend what was the fuck up of the week uh, definitely the fucking Biden administration sending out free tests in the mail, but only giving four per household. Per household, and so like apartment complexes aren't qualifying. Like literal like tenements, they're telling people like, "Oh, everybody in your household has ordered a test." Wait, really? Yeah, people have been tweeting about it and like posting screenshots. So if like four people in a three-family home, yeah, I've got they can't get the other two units are not able right now to get tests. It's truly an like this administration is just one veep episode after one veep episode after one veep episode. It's just like they're like a parody of how 
the government is supposed to be run. It's crazy. So I would say that is the fuck up of the week. Um, yeah. Can't wait for like families with like six people in them to have four tests. Yeah. Also. I'm like, what? Like families, roommates. Once again, yeah, the apartment complexes. It's just very, um, you know, Kamala Harris telling us to Google it. That more of that energy is happening. I, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> just Google it. Oh, also, um, anybody that lives in my country, the country that I am the vice president of that doesn't have access to internet, that's none of my business. None of my business. It's but, crazy. Yeah. We hate them. That's what made clear. We are on a fast track to a right-wing dictatorship because kind of, of how badly this is all reflecting on, like, quote-unquote, progressivism yeah. because you know, they claim it even though they don't live it. But. In a way, I am a little bit excited for when we have a right-wing dictatorship <laughs> just because... Nika's historic- been dying to live in The Handmaid's Tale. Well, no, just because historically... Brazil, Germany, the USSR. Famously, that is when music finally happens. No, (laughs) music and cinema and just like art and like subcultures are kind of at their best. Mm. Um, If you like, kind of look at you know like the music movements that were created in Brazil during like the I think it was like forty years of a military dictatorship. They had no civil rights, but their music was popping off. Um, Germany during the Cold War. Cinema was at its peak. The USSR, some of the best cinema and, like, you know, music that came out of that region of the world. So um, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm definitely not here for it. Well, I hear everything you're saying. I just, uh, this will be among the first of its kind in that it would be, like, a dictatorship when there is like facial recognition Totes. and like the ability to like literally spy on our every move. And so I don't think there's going to be as much room for like subculture to thrive. For queer people, I think there will be. Why? What are queer people not on the internet? No, for sure. But have... I mean, like, what are we? It's not like I'm not talking about like a legal sub, like, you know, just subculture in general. Just like, I don't know. A. A sense of like right, but a lot of queer people are going to be subject to like oh whatever. We'll all go to jail together. <laughs> we can all get the same haircut. <laughs> okay, we here at Best Mistakes do not both cosign. We'll go to jail together. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it is what it is. You'll be a great handmaid. I, I'm not gonna be a fucking handmaid. You're literally gonna be my handmaid. It's just simply not going to happen. It's I'm going to be like thrown into a like. We're going to be hung on the wall together. Oh my God. I hope they hang me in a crop top. They're not going to. Well, if they arrest me wearing what I'm wearing, I'll likely be wearing a crop top because <laughs> I kind of always am. Sure. At the moment, more of a rugrat sweater. I wouldn't mind being hung in this look. Yeah. No, it's a look for sure. It's a look. It's a look. Um, I hope that like when the dictatorship happens and they start rounding up queer people on the streets to kind of like, you know, purge us, we're at Carrie Nation. I hope they just come in with a machine gun. Just mow us down. Have you seen Handmaid's Tale? That's how it happens. (laughs) (laughs) The words I hope are what's kind of like 
where, where I where you're losing me. I don't want that. I'm saying if it happens, that's where I hope I am. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean we've said that a million times. Yeah, we'll see. Um, unfortunately, our country is just kind of not organized enough for The Handmaid's Tale to really, or fortunately, for any of that to really happen. <laughs> it's just going to be like the most boring right wing dictatorship, probably. We'll see. What will be boring about it to you? I don't know. I don't know. I've never lived in a dictatorship, so I don't even really know what, you know, I just feel like it'll be boring. <laughs> but it'll be fun to have Trump back on Twitter. Yeah, for I miss sure. him. On, I miss him on Twitter, not as president, but he's honestly so unhinged. <laughs> it's like his Twitter is funny. No, his Twitter brought us so like, much. Like, I wish that Trump weren't evil and he just, like, were a stand up because he's hilarious. <laughs> it's sad how funny he is. <laughs> yeah. True. Trump, come on the pod. No. <laughs> nope. Just Absolutely. kidding. We're sending that information. We are not SNL. We would never have him on the pod. Yeah. Sorry. Lauren Michaels, you're on your own with that particular guest. <laughs> Lauren Michaels. I think you'd be an iconic yes. guest. Um, <laughs> Lauren Michaels, come on the pod. Come on the pod. Lauren Talk about Michaels. that mistake that I doubt you see as a mistake. It absolutely does not. Probably see the as best mistake. ratings they've had in. 25 years probably <laughs> um they're like really like every every episode of snl that goes by they're just praying wishing hoping for anything even close to what they used to have to work with with trump being in office yeah they have like truly nothing to work with these days <sighs> nothing at all that shows a dead end i mean they could work with like how fucking stupid our current administration is but they're like too much of cowards to really to really lean into that you know yeah um snl hire me do mm. not do not hire me SNL, i'm not interested don't even all. fucking think about don't even me. fucking think about it i don't want any kind of job that requires that amount of work every single week yeah like that high pressure of a this product must be done by this time yeah, this day no. of the week no thank you the closest thing i have to that is this podcast and that's hard enough yeah and we can still release a day late as we famously do kind of often these days yeah <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to that sorry to the fans doesn't seem like y'all really mind though. yeah no we've been getting as many lessons as we normally do if not more if not more by yeah. releasing it on fridays i know i've almost been like do we, we just move just it to friday? friday podcast yeah but that's the thing is like th- at the moment Having it be Thursday with the ability to release on Friday yeah, is nice. Is nice, but if we release on Friday and then sometimes release late, like Saturday is not a great podcast no, day. It's not. People are not like listening to podcasts that like that hungover yeah. or like not getting ready in the morning or whatever. I don't know. If y'all would listen to it on Saturday, I guess let us know. Yeah. But for the most part, it seems like people listen to us commuting, getting ready in the morning. It's like a work day listen. Yeah. Um, so that's why I've not suggested we move to Fridays, but if we get our shit together a little bit more and can guarantee it comes out by a certain day, Friday might be the day. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, a flexible Thursday is what you're getting from us. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, patron shout out? Um, no. Okay. (laughs) Because I keep forgetting to remind those who haven't responded to me yet to like have a... Okay. Um, answer of how they want to be shouted out. Great. 
Um, so yeah, get into this interview with Ty Mitchell. You're really gonna love it. You are. It's a succinct, beautiful, eloquent kind of um interviewed us in a way. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just like preemptively answered questions before we even were able to ask them. It was just like a and furthermore, here's the next question you might ask. And here's the most eloquent, beautiful answer you've ever heard in your life to it. And I was just like, great, like me as an interview interviewer is kind of just like pointless in this scenario. I feel like we could have muted ourselves. Yeah, seriously. And the full interview would have just like successfully happened. Yeah. The most we did was chime in with like bits. Yeah. Like interrupting his like beautiful answers with jokes. (laughs) So, um, you know, Ty Mitchell, start your own podcast, maybe. Seriously. People <laughs> that would was listen. incredible. It was incredible. And I would listen, and I'm sure our listeners would listen. But in the meantime, just listen to this it. interview. Get into it. Ty, thank you for doing this. Sorry we couldn't have you in our um, studio. In our in-person we, studio. As we like to call it. <laughs> Sorry we couldn't have you in this bedroom we recorded. <laughs> but I've been very excited to um, have you on as a guest. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, recording live from Ridgewood and Bushwick. This is a long distance interview. <laughs> Here on location. <laughs> Great. Well, welcome to Best Mistakes. We only have the most iconic fuck-ups on, so... Um, <laughs> You're a prestiged guest in great company. Um, no, renowned failure. A renowned <laughs> failure. Um, known across the globe. Iconically, um, three whores in <laughs> a virtual room together. Yeah. Which I wow. Love. Wow. Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> Shay Diaz would be proud. <laughs> JD has come on the pod. Uh, <laughs> we need we need our own woke moment, but uh, button. <laughs> we love a woke reference. Yeah, three whores, three um, creative whores, just making our way through life in the Big Apple. Three beautiful creative whores. <laughs> three beautiful. Two Two Aries. Oh, that's right. You're an Aries. Wait, are you a March Aries or an April Aries? I'm an April Aries. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I love Aries. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I knew that you were an Aries, but that makes sense. I'm clinically obsessed with every Aries I've kind of ever met. It's true. Really? I'm yeah. clinically obsessed with myself. <laughs> As most Aries are. <laughs> Which is why I love that. Okay. Well, not sure why we had to lump all of us into that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be unaware of that about myself, so please don't bring it to my attention again. Um, <laughs> also, queer. We're whores. We're queer. You guys are queer. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. This is my straight friend, Nika. She's an ally. As a straight, I'm a straight woman of the trans experience. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Someone, I did have friends ask me, what do you guys think about this? Do you think that there, uh, I personally think there are, do you think that um, there are cis people of the trans experience? Um, cis people of the trans. So like Hillary Swink and Kira Knightley are both, in my opinion, cis women of the trans experience. Why is Kira Knightley a cis person of trans experience? She has no tits and that jaw. And that job. Are you just saying clocky cis women? Yes. 
I think Azealia Banks, but sometimes it's personality. Like I think Azealia Banks is a cis woman of the trans experience in terms of how much she hates fags. <laughs> Maybe explain <laughs> a constitutive quality of transness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, this just became an academic conversation that I can't keep up with. We're really throwing some big words around for this, <laughs> for this conversation that's going to get us all fully canceled. I mean, I'm personally waiting to be canceled. You are too. Ty, how do you feel? I mean, you were a, a little bit canceled, like a tiny amount. I haven't, I haven't been canceled in months. It's it's going great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing my cards right. You were... Um, when when was this? This was summer 2020, right? When you wrote that. Which time? What are you talking the, about? The, when Which you time to like got canceled? When you wrote the, the Fire Island the canceled? Fire, the Fire Island cancellation. If you want to talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> if your publicist hasn't strictly informed you, yeah. instructed you to not talk about Pretty it. Pretty iconic. Uh, in the pre-interview, we went over this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, much like um, Diane no, Sawyer. Yeah, I wrote a... I wrote a BuzzFeed essay about being in Fire Island during COVID, uh, which was not well received by the readers over at BuzzFeed. (laughs) (laughs) Chelsea Peretti's brother's BuzzFeed. Oh, my God. He literally invented BuzzFeed. It was. (laughs) I love that family and their weird, weird history. It was so jarring to witness that from afar because at that point, we all were at Reese Beach all summer. So it was so interesting to see everybody who was at Reese all summer kind of freak out. Wait, so walk us through it, though. What was your perspective? Like, what was the essay's thesis? (laughs) Um, I mean, I was approached by BuzzFeed, um, one of the editors of BuzzFeed, uh, to write about the whole 4th of July situation that happened in Fire Island that was, like, going kind of viral as an instance of, like, COVID irresponsibility. And I'd actually been wanting to write an essay about Fire Island for a long time and felt this was a good opportunity to do so, um... Which, you know, I, like, still feel is the case. Um, And, you know, like, I happened to, like, be out in Fire Island that weekend. And I, like, witnessed, like, the party that everyone was circulating images of. um, Even though I didn't, like, actually stay there for more than a few minutes. um, Because it was, like, whack. (laughs) But the... You're like, that's not... The the COVID stuff wasn't even the problem. It was just a bad bad party. party. (laughs) <laughs> it was really it was like very dark-sided people were like people were like vomiting into bushes because they had nothing to mix their g with and like, it was like really it was really gross um and everyone just like was wide-eyed and like it, like just like on g <laughs> soaked with abandon i don't know it was weird and you know so so the the lead to the essay is that like i would i was there and i saw what happened and and you know or like i was in fire island on fourth of july i went to that party you're all dragging and here's my side of it um but it was like a 2500 word essay about like harm reduction and like trying to piece together the complex reasons that people do irresponsible things um and how things kind of get to that point for one thing um, and how like kind of like, you know, broad stroke um, admonition and, and like um, 
finger wagging, like doesn't actually get to the reasons that people do irresponsible things and actually promotes them doing being done in secrecy. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a one big part of the essay. And then another big part of the essay was just speaking to how like Fire Island is more than just like, th- there's more potential for Fire Island to be other beautiful and wonderful things than just like where like the gay people we don't like go and do things we don't like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that like it's this place that's very special to me um and is like more uh, as someone who like doesn't really like to participate in a lot of the nightlife there and like as someone who just really enjoys being able to like walk to one of the most beautiful beaches in the northeast you know and like witness like a bunch of gay architecture and Mm -hmm. just being a very gay place that's been very gay for a really long time um and so i just like wanted to speak to the the ways that fire island can't really be flattened into just like where the bad gays go um and how that's kind of unfair and also how like um you know the bad gays are like people who aren't very many degrees of separation from our lives who uh you know like come to make irresponsible choices through complex ways that you're never going to get them to stop doing if you don't actually acknowledge the like ways that like you know boundaries are actually very difficult and like uh i don't know read the essay yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um and the reception was poor yeah i mean i do i i I remember this but i'm trying to catch up our listeners as well yeah yeah i mean it was poor in the sense that like the the comment section was just flooded with people who were who were like criticizing me and dragging me and um it was like you know, it was a it was a polemical essay about a controversial subject, mm-hmm. and you know, I was to some extent prepared for that. But you know, everyone that I respected in my life, and even people I respect who you know reached out to me who aren't like friends of mine, who you know seem to like the piece, mm-hmm. I, I didn't lose any friends over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have anybody in my life who I respected or who respected me who like. I, you know, fell out with a Brit. So I took that as an indication that, um, you know, I'll be understood by the people who can understand me, I guess. Totally. Yeah. The girlies who get it, get it. And the girlies (laughs) girlies who who don't, don't. don't. (laughs) Um, Did the girlies not getting it on any level, like, was that, like, obviously now you have distance from it. It's been like a year and a half and um, you can be like, LOL, LOL, the time I was canceled over that essay. But was it difficult at the time? Like, did you have any kind of emotional reaction? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really hard day. And, like, I, I am lucky that I had, like, friends who were supportive and who have been through similar situations to, like, you know, spend time. Like, Heron Walker is a close friend of mine who, like, was really supportive to me that day and, and you know, has been a very good friend to me in times like that. Um, you know, and just other people who were just, like, you know, I have people in my life to, to be there for me. And, and so, yeah, it was, like, a tough day and I just had to mute everything and, block everything Mm -hmm. but you know it all does eventually blow over and honestly in terms of cancellations it could have been a lot worse right in fact most of the cancellation was just in the buzzfeed comments section it wasn't even really like excuse me i didn't like have a i didn't feel like a a particularly large amount of people were going after me on twitter you know instagram or anything it was just like the comment section of buzzfeed proper Mm -hmm. so yeah toll road did publish a an article about my comment section (laughs) basically trying to make me look really stupid as this like 
you know, stupid, dumb porn star pulling a Colby Keller, basically. And oh my God. Uh, that was pretty annoying and humiliating, um, mm. you know, because people were like then at that point, like making fun of my appearance and mm. my like uh, career and stuff like that, which was very belittling. But I don't know. Fuck Tol- Who reads Tolbert? <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never heard of it. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> Could, not us in any case. Also not pulling a Colby Keller. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, you could never. Yeah, but there were no like real life ramifications. You didn't lose anything over it. Um. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I lost any kind of like professional opportunities over it or anything like that. Right. I, mean, I mean, if I did, I I didn't know about it. <laughs> I mean, no one ever like told me about it. But I would say I, I was pretty unscathed i mean you know it's kind of like a podcast in the sense it was like a long essay Mm -hmm. so it's like no like like it was like kind of um difficult to like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a bad tweet you know where it's like you just kind of like look pathetic trying to like elaborate and explain yourself it was like no i like i've explained myself yeah (laughs) read the essay you know like i and I guess I, I like stand by everything that I that I wrote in a, even to this day. And I think to this day, I think I think over time, a lot of the things that I said were, you know, more more people kind of got on board with the points that I was making. Actually, mm-hmm. who were, you know, still engaged in COVID discourse and harm reduction discourse. Well, that doesn't Sorry, sound. Sorry, so much. <laughs> it's okay. We'll edit it out. It's fine. Um, we'll fix it in post. Getting canceled it gives me gas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound like any of that was a mistake. Yeah, no. Um, it was just a good old fashioned cancellation, which we've all, I mean, if anyone, anyone who's anyone has been canceled. Canceled. Um, And that's why we're no ones. (laughs) I've been canceled on Twitter. I I to this day have people that like will bring up screenshots from something from like years ago. I don't know what people are waiting for. Do you want from me? No one has canceled me. And it's like, I've done a lot. Like, I ran for office. No one canceled me for anything fucked up I did then. There's so much you could cancel me you're for. You're, like, begging to be canceled <laughs> no. over your, your political campaign. I literally <laughs> am. Like, every other week, you're like, I was on so many drugs. Yeah, and, and nobody will take the bait. Uh, <laughs> no one. Everyone's like, that's cool. There was this one time I tweeted um, <laughs> that uh, monosexuals, like AKA homosexual people and heterosexual people, people who are only attracted to one gender. I said, monosexuals need to get help. <laughs> and a bunch of people thought I was being specifically homophobic to lesbians, even though I didn't <laughs> mention lesbians at all. And um, started tweeting at Jabuki to unfollow me. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite. I'm like, that's the cancellation you want jabuki to unfollow me like i'm sorry he that's does not really give a fuck funny. about this that's so funny. <laughs> i mean i think the only thing it's, that- it's always funny when you get to a point where you're like taken like your high profile followers are like getting taken <laughs> down with you also jabuki and i have been friends since Absolutely. we were both like eight or 20 year olds like way before he was famous he, like me tweeted even if i tweeted something genuinely offensive i feel like he'd be like yeah i mean like i actually know this person yeah. this isn't just like a random yeah. person i follow on twitter you psychos but that is just like you know there are plenty of high profile people that follow me but it was specifically jabuki that they were like how could you follow this homophobic specifically like lesbian phobic person yeah i'll probably eventually get canceled for when i um was retweeting those trans girls who were coming for me and (laughs) i was responding with just photos of a brick (laughs) 
<laughs> um. <laughs> and I'll get canceled for all the times you've said something like that, and I've just laughed because they're like, "You can't laugh." At Listen, that. like I said that day, being a brick has nothing to do with being clocky. Being a brick is a state of mind. That's period. All. Um, <laughs> back to you and um, your. I guess it's interesting. Like the the premise of our podcast is quote unquote mistakes. Right. But sometimes like in this case, you wrote an essay, you still stand by it. There's nothing actually like you didn't say anything wrong, but I mean, you got I, the... I have regrets from that period. Namely that like, I, I wish that I had asked for more money and I wish that I <laughs> yes. had been a little more, I think like in the moment I was, I felt so insulated from like how many people would disagree with me Mm. um that I like kind of leaned into like you know just like let's buzzfeed this you Mm. know like I was gonna say maybe the mistake is that you got buzzfeed all those clicks (laughs) I mean you know yeah (laughs) I think it was a mistake for me to like lean into the clickbaitiness Mm. and not really like properly preemptively defend myself and Mm. you know say to my editors like I'm really worried about how this is going to be received and so I don't want you to title this I was at the Fire Island 4th of July party and here's my side you know like I don't But I kind of just like went into it, just kind of assuming that like that 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 would come to territory, I guess, or something. I don't know. I and I kind of regret like, um, you know, just like, yeah. I mean, I I don't really think of that as among my like bigger mistakes. Right. Totally. Um. (laughs) It had like I guess the reason it's relevant is that it had like a fallout akin to a mistake whether it was a mistake or not like people treated it like it was a mistake you know um yeah so on that note i love that you guys were thinking about my mistake no i don't think we actually were (laughs) yeah no i i didn't go into this thinking we were going to talk about that to be honest no i just wanted okay okay (laughs) i just wanted to bring it up oh jesus i I just wanted to bring it up because i remember it happening i remember the way that people reacted on twitter and it's just we just don't um, about it. We both have like talked to you know we were pretty like vocal during that time of the pandemic about like going out and doing what we wanted to do and the idea of harm reduction and why it was important to be seeing people. It is like yeah for context it is relevant to stuff we talk about on the podcast a lot yeah. because we talk from a very similar perspective of that essay on this podcast mm-hmm. very yeah. often so. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it didn't come out of a vacuum, but I also, we didn't mean to interrogate you about it. I, I, (laughs) I um, am interested to hear about things that you do consider a mistake though. But before we get into that, what is like your um, relationship with mistakes in your life? Like, how do you view mistakes that you make? Um, What do you, are you someone who wallows? Are you someone who rallies? Are you someone who like thinks everything happens for a reason? You know, just in general, what's your perspective um, on fucking up? Um, I think my point of view is that you're... 
I think one of the scariest things you can do is narrow the like path of your life and kind of foreclose certain opportunities and certain things that you think could possibly happen by making a choice and committing to something that's going to put you in one particular direction. Mm. But I think that the only way to actually move forward in life and the only way to actually live life and, and, you know, um, is to make choices um, and to, foreclose certain opportunities in favor of something that you do wish to commit to, or at least that you want to try out. And, um, that the like fear that you're going to regret something or the fear of making a mistake can be extremely paralyzing or, or extremely, um, debilitating, um, such that we often like find ourselves just like trapped in that like liminal space of like, of like, Oh, I want to like, I want to be somebody, but like, I don't, I don't like know what that person is yet. And you're only ever going to actually figure out who you are um, by making choices and that you're only ever actually going to be anyone, you know, definite by doing things. And I have experienced that with, you know, sex work Mm -hmm. and, making the choice to, you know, like, I'm, you know, probably never going to get to work with kids and like, mm-hmm. uh, probably not going to run for political office, but you know, like among, uh, among a few, I'm probably not going to be like a, a movie star. I mean, I don't want to say those are absolutely not going to happen, but you know, I had to narrow certain, I had to kind of like let go of certain possibilities for the direction my life would go in in order to put it in any direction at all Mm -hmm. and I think that that led me to places I never actually expected my life to take me and brought me to like relationships and 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 ways of living in the world that I never expected I could and and, you know I guess the like corollary to like you know make choices to move your life forward is that your life is going to move forward in ways that you don't expect it to that are going to bring you opportunities that you hadn't even conceived of Mm -hmm. um so I guess what I'm saying is (laughs) I understand why people are afraid. I I think that mistakes often haunt us in advance of us making them more than they do, um, like, after the fact. So true. Even before you brought up sex work, like, the way that you were wording all of that, I was like, this is all spoken like a true sex worker. Because this is all shit that, like, (laughs) we've had to have those, like, conversations with ourselves either before deciding to do sex work or in the wake of it happening and you those like consequences quote unquote consequences um happening to you whether you like foresaw them or not yeah um i think it applies to a bunch of other things but uh the three of us in particular can very much apply it to like sex work is something that has opened a lot of doors for for me and like has like made me able to like live my life in a certain way that i couldn't before but yeah having to be like, I guess I'm never going to be in a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's something that you have to, you have to reckon with at some point. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was after I already decided Same. to do it. Yeah. I mean, when I, <laughs> yeah, when I decided to do it. I was like, it, fuck. Yeah. Absolutely. But here's the thing. Was I ever going to be in a Marvel movie? Well, that, yeah, I feel like it took some, once those decisions had been made for me because I decided to do sex work, like, you know, the, society kind of made those decisions for me because of the way they view sex work. I feel like it took the pressure so much pressure off of my life in ways that like are so freeing. Cause you know, it's like so many of those dreams that I had 
were they weren't even really dreams they were just things that like i had convinced myself i wanted to do for years specifically like being famous <laughs> um and as soon as i started doing sex work and i was like well that's a wrap <laughs> On that dream. <laughs> Which is uh, funny because it's also like sex workers are often like some of the most famous people yeah, in the world. But, yeah. But you know what I mean. Yes. The kind of fame that I was looking for. I was trying to like, you know, host the Golden Globes. One day. <laughs> um, it took a lot of pressure off. I was like, cool, now I can just fucking live my life the way that I want. Yeah. And like, I don't have to, like, I can do it in a very chill way. Mm-hmm. So many doors just closed. But you know what I mean? Like, that's the, that's like the rub of like desire too. Is that like, we like find, we like, we often find out that like we didn't even know what we wanted mm-hmm. and like we often find ourselves wanting things we never even conceived of like existing yeah. mm-hmm. wanting, you know and so like yeah like I don't know did I ever really want to be like a Hollywood actor I'd have to be I'd probably be in the closet you know yeah. like <laughs> that, that sounds awful <laughs> Or Uh-oh. even worse, or, you know. working with Ryan Murphy. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. If, if you were out, you'd be stuck with Ryan Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the, that's the, the tough pill you have to swallow as an out actor in Hollywood. Um, and not even as like the main gay character. That's always given to a straight actor. Yeah. terrible (laughs) and things are just like i don't know i i am one of those people who's just kind of like who's like who's like like they're gonna legalize it anyway you know like (laughs) about like everything yeah like like i don't i don't i don't really feel that like i have truly foreclosed like certain opportunities and i feel that like by making choices and really committing to them as hard as i can i can actually kind of like change the like expand the realms of what's possible and and i think i think you know like uh like i think i think that's what i've always how i've tried to navigate my porn career and like um what i still like wish to do is like expand the realms of like what a porn star can look like or sound like or be like and i don't know maybe that seems like meager or small compared to like i don't know like joining the illuminati but like <laughs> which is still um, on the to-do list you can be a sex worker and still join the illuminati That's, they're different from marvel in that way no because your clients are the illuminati <laughs> don't shit where you eat, yeah girl. oh my god conflict of interest my bad my bad <laughs> I'll be in the Illuminati and like a Hellraiser. Kind of way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, there's nothing Shame better up. than getting fucked on that long conference table that they have three miles below the earth. <laughs> Much like um... <laughs> we all know that feeling, girlies. You know that feeling when you're getting fucked on the Illuminati conference table with the like shark tank next to you as the great white sharks watch. <laughs> this is how Let I picture you, where they have their meetings. <laughs> Beyonce is knocking on the door. It's like Beyonce, your meeting's not till five thirty. He's not even here yet. You know, whoever he is, the the leader. Oh my god, I love. <laughs> Much like NFTs, I still don't really understand what the Illuminati is. Um, I'm gonna have to go research. The Illuminati that invented NFTs to confuse us. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. I just know that Beyonce is in the Illuminati. Yeah. I mean, that's all we all. That's all any of us really know is that yeah. Beyonce is in the Illuminati. Do you think Lady Gaga's in the Illuminati yet? I no. mean, Lady Gaga is among the people that everyone references as being in the Illuminati because she always does poses that show only one eye. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh and God. that's like how you signal that you're. But imagine having right. like a giant secret underground society that's controlling the world through pop music and leaving breadcrumbs for people to figure out who. Yeah. 
is part of it. <laughs> They're like, okay, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, whoever else, you're in the Illuminati now. You're going to help mind control the world for new world order. Thank you so much for joining the team. Also, can you start taking photos that tip the fans off about this? <laughs> I think Billie Eilish is in the Illuminati. I think Billie Eilish is accused of being in the Illuminati. Yes. Anya has a real Billie Eilish. Um, oh, I have so much. I have a lot of Billie Eilish um, theories, but th- none of them are Illuminati is related. Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, Rodrigo in the Illuminati. With that Grammys nomination sweep, you bet your ass she is. <laughs> and, the, you know, I'm sure they're like. The fact that there is a song um, in Driver's License, she like whispers the word I love you in between the chorus and the verse. Mm-hmm. And like you, if you hear like you can listen closely, she like whispers I love you, but you can't unless you know that you can't hear it, which leads me to believe there's probably other secret subliminal wow. messaging in her songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> okay, last one, last one, last one is Che Diaz in the Illuminati. Yeah. Duh, yes. Duh, absolutely. That's the leader of the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one that hands out the human suits to like hillary clinton and yes. um barack obama and all the people who are secretly lizards are these the same theories or am i conflating them no one knows for sure no one knows for sure but are lizard people the original non-binary <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and that they're not lizards nor people somewhere in that liminal space yes Queen Elizabeth um, is non-binary. <laughs> and jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. But anyway, um, <laughs> what's important to note here is that we are in the Illuminati. Yes. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, all right. Sex work. Mistakes. We're really knocking out all the the, the COVID um, irresponsible behavior and harm reduction. We're knocking out all of the big points that we talk about anyway on this podcast. <laughs> the Illuminati, if Billie Eilish is in it. Um, well, I was thinking about like mistakes I've made, I think, in my career. And like, I, I do go back to um, like when I first started putting out photos or like trying to get booked for porn and I like I guess I was just like um so like influenced by I guess like other like female sex workers that I like thought it made a lot of sense to get like really glossy professional nudes Uh taken to like send around to studios and I, like, later learned that, like, they're a massive red flag when you're casting for porn because it reads as somebody who either is heavily photoshopped or who is, like, has, like, been in the industry and is, like, not appealing because they're not an amateur. So I guess, like, if I, like, my my probably, like, my worst mistake was, like, at the very beginning of my porn career of, like, not properly, like, not, like, not, like trusting that I could, like be attractive Mm. like with a selfie (laughs) (laughs) and like trying to just like decorate myself like in such a way like like it was kind of like I over accessorized um when like trying to get booked and like that kind of like expanded to like my approach to sex more broadly that like Mm. I, I kept trying to like dress up like my sexuality um in order to like stave off um like truly being naked for people Mm. and therefore like 
providing the vulnerability that people actually look for and are drawn to erotically. Damn. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah, snaps all around. <laughs> snaps all around. That's, I feel like, something I'm still working on with both my um, sex work and my sexuality as a person is, like... Well, it's a catch-22, yeah. you know? Because it's, like, we're trying to build... You know, like, I want to, I want to like, be... I want to, like, have a reputation for like being sexy and then it like kind of winds up backfiring in this weird way where it's like I am like too self-possessed you know to like be to provide the kind of like vulnerability that people find attractive Mm. um and it's like something I run into in like my regular sex life a lot uh just like my like recreational sex is like this like sense of like people being intimidated because I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm already at it like mm. I'm, I'm already <laughs> yeah. you know like this like paranoia that I am like judging every sexual partner in relation to my like vast whore knowledge you know <laughs> which is like just weird like puritanical like you know, put the virgin on a pedestal and then throw her into a volcano bullshit. Yeah. 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 I mean, how, how, how long have you been doing porn now? Um, I did my first scene in 2016. Um, but I didn't really, I think, start working regularly until like the end of 2017, early 2018. When I started working with men.com and cocky boys. Oh, cocky boys. Um, and then I haven't actually shot anything since May of last year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, how, like in, I guess, how has it informed both just like your life in general and like, you know, that's a broad question. So take it however you want. Um, but also your sex life, both like, since that but also like since not doing it as much in this past year with my friends my like friends who uh I commiserate with and relate to on sex work stuff um there's just like a seems to be a lot of ways that um it has impacted our lives and sex lives um in ways that were maybe like somewhat foreseeable but also like completely unforeseeable ways both positively and negatively and I'm just curious both as someone who has been doing it for so long um what your stance on that is as well as someone who has not been doing it recently like what your perspective on all of that might be I think for like a long time I really rebuked the idea that sex work was going to like fuck up my sexuality and like I really resented the assumption that's that that I felt like people had that like I it was going to like that I was going to like not be able to like have sex normally or something like that and I don't I don't know that it really affected me in quite like that straightforward of a way but I did get really wrapped up in um like branding myself and I did get really wrapped up in creating like creating a persona because it, it was something that I like could feel really proud of. And that made me feel as though I was like, you know, like had a platform from which I could write and talk to people and like be some kind of like role model in a weird way. 
And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and I did the whole pro bottom thing on Instagram for a while as, as part of that. And, and I think over time it did kind of paint me into a corner where, you know, I, I did that thing where I committed to something and it kind of like created all of these new kinds of like branchings out that I didn't anticipate about the direction my life would go in and created a lot of opportunities I didn't foresee, but it also did kind of like um, limit me because I had committed to like being this thing. And, and even though I guess I was trying to be flippant about it or trying to have a sense of humor about it, I do think eventually it stressed me out to um, like, oh, like, continuously like uh be thinking about my sexual worth and to continually feel as though I was trying to I think live up to an image of myself that I had even taken part in creating and since I did stop shooting I think I have had the opportunity to just kind of take a big step back from the entire like sex life that I was leading, um, you know, for a number of reasons, uh, that are like interrelated with me not shooting anymore and step back and I guess ask my, and like reconnect with what I, like how I relate to people and, how I relate to my own body. It's, it's weird, you know, cause I don't want to like sit here and say like, you know, sex work turned me into like a sex machine <laughs> and I dissociated all the time and like, you know, sex became work all the time, you know, cause it's, cause it's one really trite and two, just like not entirely true. I was having lots of really like dense and complex intimacies, like the entire time that I was, you know, leading this like life that was getting increasingly like glamorous feeling and, you know, just like falling in love left and right and having really great sex. Um, but I think I like did benefit from taking a big step back and just like cooling it. Um, and I don't know, even just like finding other things that I want to do besides sex. Um, or other ways that like other projects I could commit to that like don't take such a toll on my body. Um, I don't know. It's, it's something I'm like still piecing together. And it was weird because for a, a long time after I did start shooting, I realized that I had internalized a lot of shame about what I did. And which is really weird because I, I think I have, you know, built this like, you know, outward facing persona that's really shameless but I found that I was like actually really remorseful about um how I'd spent the last like five years and all the things that I wish I'd started doing sooner and um the ways that I felt like I had you know like starting to wrap up a porn career and didn't feel like I had very much to show for it Mm. um and then I you know then I read porn work by Heather Burr Mm -hmm. which is this like great study of porn workers and 
did have this experience of being reminded that like sex workers are badasses mm-hmm. and like our existence is really cool and the things that we do are cool and conform to the actual moral and ethical compass and, and politics that I have uh, about like, you know, living against work and like living always in that kind of like precipice between pleasure and labor um, and showing people that it's never as and never as simple as one or the other um, Mm -hmm. and like being able to resist salaries and like normal work, you know, it's like something I'm actually very proud of Mm -hmm. and like getting this as far as I have and building the kind of things that I have and having the community that I have are all things that I'm very proud of. So, you know, I was able to kind of like get rid of some of that, like that, that kind of weird, like shame spiral I was in, but um, it's been weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that things that are stigmatized by society um, have this kind of double edged sword where when you engage in them, one, one example being sex work, another example maybe being like, partying or like doing drugs or whatever um there are downsides to them that are very hard to grapple with because you're like so much of even engaging it in engaging in it in the first place is like trying to release yourself from the bolt like the untrue downsides Mm -hmm. that everyone is projecting onto the decision to do those things in the first place um so you're like kind of stuck in this space of like high defensiveness of like no this is like everything is actually great about this (laughs) but like it's like everything no it's not and that's okay but we have to like as people that are kind of stuck in um that in-between space of like both defending this thing but also having the lived experiences of the negative the negative sides of it um we're like left much more on our own with the negative things about it. Like yeah. if you were experiencing that kind of maybe um, burnout and artistic um, like difficulty divorcing, you know, your um, like branded self versus your like true self and all of that in a field like just stand-up comedy which is something that I've had experience with where it's actually very similar you're commodifying a part of yourself that is your personality in the way that sex work is commodifying also to be honest your personality but like your body and sexuality more so it's like actually very similar the types of burnout people experience with sex work and people experience with things like stand-up comedy or like um, autobiographical like writing Mm -hmm. um, where you're like taking this part of yourself and kind of simplifying it and exaggerating it for the sake of it being consumable and interesting um but then it's still part of yourself. So that's like a very difficult, you like find yourself kind of like consuming your own life to now like take it and make right. it uh, like purchasable <laughs> by the public. Um, and so when you experience that with porn, people are like, yeah, well you fucking did porn. So like, good luck, but that's your, like your problem, right. but you experience it with like another art form and people are like, Oh, it sounds like you need to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> right well no and i appreciate that because like you know like i i feel like i've like tried to make clear how like you know substack and OnlyFans are like not different yeah things, you know like like the things that i've kind of gone through in the porn industry or just sex work more broadly are things that like 
a lot of people in creative professions are experiencing or, you know, just starting to experience in ways that sex workers have experienced for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, just the kind of precarity of an industry and the like immense kind of emotional and personal toll that it takes on Mm -hmm. us. Totally. Yeah. Um, This is something that we usually open the interview with, but we just instead decided to um, bring up your cancellation, blindside you with your BuzzFeed article. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, Barbara Walters (laughs) storming into my house. I swear to God, I'm going to go ride in bed with anxiety tonight. (laughs) Um, I wasn't trying to die and swear you. A little differently. We wanted you to feel uncomfortable immediately. Um, That's how how we get vulnerability out of our guests. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. Now I'm doing that to Nika. <laughs> I'm like super short of breath tonight. I don't know why. Okay, well, just we like don't allergies. We don't love to hear a major COVID symptom <laughs> <laughs> coming from one of our guests. Good luck with that. Um, actually, we heard you were short of breath, and that's why we didn't want you to come into the studio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We were like, miss us with that, but um, zoom on in. Um, JK, I hope you're fine. (laughs) This is a very COVID protocol production. If there's anything Nika and I are, it's extremely COVID conscious. Oh, absolutely. We're actually all wearing masks right now. Yeah, through the computer. Yeah, through the computer. (laughs) Um, So something that we like to begin every episode with um, when it's just us two is um, we share with each other our mistake, our keepsake, and our hot take of the week. Um, So we would love to get that from you, our guest. Um, It doesn't have to be that serious. It also doesn't have to not be serious if you would like to share, you know. It's a real dealer's choice. It is a total dealer's choice. um, But just in the, like, last week, what was, like, a mistake you made or something you wish had gone differently um, or, you know, could have gone better. Um, a keepsake is just the opposite of that. Something that you're proud of or happy that happened this week and that you're going to like take with you in your life and a hot take. Um, you're on Twitter, so surely, you know what a hot take is, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that hot. You know, you don't have to get too political. You don't have to, you don't have to buzzfeed us. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to, we would love those clicks. <laughs> <laughs> um okay i would <laughs> i would say um i'll start with my keepsake okay. i last week i've been um babysitting my friend's car while he's out of town for the winter and so i took the opportunity to drive out to princeton to visit a friend of mine who's a professor there um where i got to stay in his big beautiful house um while it was like super cold and i got to stay nice and warm and toasty and work on my writing all day and then we'd have cocktails and watch a movie at night and it was just like a lovely like little getaway without you know spending a thousand dollars on a plane to zip (laughs) (laughs) i spent well under a thousand dollars thank you very much and i got no writing done there so not even comparable actually (laughs) it was just (laughs) (laughs) so that was my keepsake um 
that was nice. My mistake, um, I don't know. I'm still kind of like, I feel like I've been like harping about this to all my friends all weekend, but like I, I like, I like tried to go out to a party I've never been to before on Saturday. And I, you know, like <clears throat> went to some like pre thing where there's a bunch of like white muscle gays who don't have faces. <laughs> and then we like, I took an Uber with a couple of my friends to the party and we like go up to the front, we do our ticket thing and we do our vaccine card thing and they like, they like pat us down. And then as I like walk into the party, I like look up after we get pat down and everyone that I came with is just like gone. And there's a coat check line that is like the Bergheim line. <laughs> like easily like like three or four hundred people deep. So I'm just like walking up and down this coat check line looking for anyone I know, like in my coat, feeling small. <laughs> and just like eventually like found a friend who I thought was like toward the front of the line, but turns out was maybe like halfway toward the front of the line and kind of sat and like stood in line with him and like chatted a little bit. Um and uh got like all the way to the front and it had been an hour and I didn't have really smaller bills than a hundred because I'm a hooker (laughs) and, (laughs) and was just like getting squished by all these like people who were like in a terrible mood from waiting in Kochek and who were, I sensed only going to get out of this terrible mood by doing a bunch of drugs that I had not really planned on doing that Mm. night. And then like, I just basically was like, Kim Cattrall, I don't want to be in a situation where we're having fun for more than an hour. And just, I left. And, like, like I'm glad that I, I, I guess I'm glad that I left, but I, I do wish that I had maybe, like, navigated my night differently. Like, I don't know. I wish that I had, like, just stashed my fucking coat somewhere and just, like, trusted the process Mm. or texted a different friend to like come rescue me from the scenario or like just grab some twenties from my closet or something. So I wouldn't stress about the, the, about like, I don't know. There were a lot of it or or I wish that I had like, just like sucked it up and done some ecstasy. Like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, and I just like came home in just like a miserable mood. Like I feel so disconnected. I feel mm. like I used to be so good at nightlife and I don't know how to do it anymore. And like, I don't know, like I like thought that I had gotten over all of these stupid insecurities and like anxieties around being in a room full of like hot gay men, but it turns out I'm not. Mm. And so I just like felt shitty about myself. And so I, I guess the mistake of the week was just that like maybe even going at all <laughs> or just like not like not like ensuring that like I would you know be able to pad my experience with like um you know friends who could kind of like shepherd me through Mm. it um because I haven't really been going out like very much over the past like year uh because I've just been having like a lot of health issues and just like haven't really been as engaged um so I was kind of looking I just kind of wanted to go out dancing but uh um, I was I was just like kind of disappointed. Yeah. So that was my that was my mistake for the week. Um, though I'm not entirely sure exactly like where the mistake lies. 
Um, and also it's just like so tacky and gauche to like complain about being sad at a party. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to have to edit that out because this is a romanticizing New York City nightlife podcast only. No, but we famously, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. we famously love, I at least famously love to cry about being oh, sad. Oh, yes. We just did it on the Patreon episode right before Literally, we recorded right with before you. recording with you, we were talking about how a Less. party didn't go how we wanted it to and yeah. how it was like. Yeah, shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, gorgeous, gorgeous girls love to be sad at a party. Also, how are we supposed to be the main characters if we're having fun at fun every at a party? Par- That's extra behavior. Yeah. That is background actor behavior. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> if you're not... I was, trying to, I was trying to like have my tears in the club, not my tears in the coconut <laughs> totally, line. Totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, completely. But, you know, once again, like... Character development. Character development, exactly. Not every episode is the season finale. Sometimes you got to just like be going through. It was your bottle episode. It was your bottle episode. It was your bottle episode <laughs> in bottle in episode. the coat check line. Yeah, that actually would be like a full blown flea bag episode. It's just like <laughs> drama happening. Like your night getting worse and worse while you're stuck in a coat, coat check, check line. line. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> it's genius. You can have that. Write that. Yeah, write the screen. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving you permission to just write like, your own story. Just like you can have that. <laughs> fully uh, um but and then my hot take what's yeah. my hot take what's my hot take uh make some enemies make, make some, some enemies, enemies. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding sometimes people's hot takes are just something about how like it's like a life hack sometimes people yeah. p- will provide. They're like, by the way, do this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, if you want. I just bought <laughs> a nice... I just, I just bought a bedside craft and it has completely rocked my fucking world. <laughs> this is a perfect hot take. Like, <laughs> so like how many times are you like really thirsty right before bed and like right when you wake up, but like... You a don't have enough water, or b you have enough water, but it's like been sitting mm-hmm. by your mm-hmm. bed, just like open, gathering mm-hmm. dust, like all night. And so instead, you could have an iconic <laughs> yes. like bedside carafe, which I've already chugged most of. And look, the cup <gasps> goes inside. Oh of my god! Cup. So you just keep it. So it's like, it's like, you know, like, oh, gonna take my nightly pills. Oh my God. That's what you are showing us right now is like something that would be in a five star hotel. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, this is fucking like incredible. Like I'm living a fancy life. You know what is playing in the background right now as you show this to me? Glamorous by Fergie. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Wait, I need to buy that. It has rocked my world. The bedside carafe is is what's up. And it has these like this like grooved neck. It holds like three cups of water in its like big bulb. Oh, I'm obsessed. So I just like wake up in the morning, like, you know. (laughs) That is a hot, hot hydration take. Yes. uh, We love hydration takes. Highly recommend a good bedside craft with a cup. You have to have a cup that fits into the top so that it stays covered. So it's not like, I don't know, something about like when I have like a big jug of water by my bed or something that's just like open, like, and I like a, like a, like a Mason Mm -hmm. jar. I like go to drink it in the morning and I'm like, what have I done? Yeah. Like anything could be in there. There's also like a scientific, I forget exactly the science behind it, but I saw a TikTok that was like, ever wonder why your water tastes different when it's just been like sitting next to your bed for 12 hours. And there's like an actual like 
it's not necessarily dust, although it, there's also dust in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's just like something about that your the water like is gathering more like air particles in it or something like that. I forget the exact science, mm. but there is like sick. There's sick. a real reason that it tastes worse. We're not just being snobs. I promise. You're doing the right thing. The carafe probably doesn't prevent like, it, but it's just like it's also just like plenty of water without having to resort to like an empty like Casamigos bottle yeah, or yeah, something. Totally. I don't. I. It looks very. Can you describe for the listeners oh, yeah. like how how chic and fashionable yes. it is? I mean, it kind of looks like a bong. It does kind of look like a bong. It, but it's, <laughs> it does look like a bong. But it's like there. very like it, it fits into the kind of like um eighties like decor revival that's mm. happening that's been mm-hmm. happening for the last few years. Yeah, it, it looks like a bong, but with nothing to smoke the weed out of, and also like a a larger like top part. Yeah, with like a cup that rests in inside of it right not outside it like there's like yeah. a lip uh-huh. yeah a inside. lip at the bottom of the cup that keeps it from falling all the way in and so then mm-hmm. it serves as mm-hmm. a lid it's gorgeous it looks like a vase kind it does of look like a vase yeah yeah it's it's very it's, it's very chic nice. i'm very excited i'm very happy about it thank you you're welcome thank no thank you yeah thank you where did you get it um off of a Vintage decor furniture Instagram. I think it was Seven Layer Home. <laughs> I want to say. Okay, this just went. I this just went from a life hack to promote. a like. Find it if you can. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. If you you can eBay, okay. eBay or Etsy, bedside carafe. You can find. Oh my god, it's literally called a bedside carafe. I you love didn't that. just personally keep it by your bedside. That's so cool <laughs> I, love, I love that it is designed for your bedside oh That's i love amazing. that i want to be someone's bedside carafe <laughs> you want to be the yeah oh to be a bedside to carafe. be a bedside carafe on like one of my besties bed tables so when mm-hmm. you're thirsty you can just sit from before bed and again in the morning yeah. you know how in fairly odd parents cosmo and wanda would yes. disguise themselves as objects yes I like I'm picturing like your oh, your yeah. like eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, you're like <laughs> I told you you can't sleep over tonight. <laughs> and just like your little like shit eating grin. You're like hee hee hee. I'm like fine, I'll leave. You go and you get your toothbrush in the morning. You see an uh, you see my eyes on your toothbrush. Yeah. I just like to think like of like you <laughs> you just got this bedside carafe. You're like like about to snuggle up, fall asleep, and you just hear Nika's voice going, "Aren't you forgetting something?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "What the fuck? Don't forget to drink your water, bestie." Uh, like, how did I not notice these bulging cartoon eyes? <laughs> these Big, gorgeous, gorgeous eyes. You gorgeous, do kind gorgeous. of have Cosmo and Wanda eyes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. Like big cartoon eyes. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Um. Well, anyway, I mean, you shared your mistake. Yeah. We did our hot takes and keepsakes and, uh, you know, bad club experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you would currently like to plug for our listeners? You know, I don't. I really don't. I'm, don't don't Google my the BuzzFeed hot take article. Is have nothing to promote. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, that's iconic. That is where I'm trying to be in 2022. Same. Except this podcast, I'm going to just always be promoting. Well, yeah, but yeah. you know. No, you know what though? Maybe that is my hot take. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's fine. We're constantly amending well, like, our hot going, takes. Going back to this. 
going back to this like era that I'm in, like where I'm not really shooting anymore. And you know, like I haven't ruled out like doing more porn and, and I still have an operational OnlyFans. Maybe that's where I should plug. So go subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, post pics once a week. Now. Yeah. Um, I have tried very hard, I think, over the last several months to disabuse myself of feeling the need to, like, have, like, content and output all the time in order to prove to people what I am or what I Mm. do or what I'm good at because I think that trying to busy myself with like short term stuff um which was never very lucrative in the first place uh was taking a space away from me to commit to like you know larger and long-term projects and really conceive of like what kind of things i want to like produce over the next several years so I'm just committed. I'm just like working on like, you know, long term stuff and craft honing and stuff like that right now, which I'm which I'm feeling very optimistic about. Um, no shade to people who are, you know, hustling via content generation. I'm hooking. So. <laughs> Generate generating that content. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Other people's come is content. Yes. And in that way, I am a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah generator generator really. yeah i didn't really make it i'm a but... content creator i tweet morning noon and night <laughs> <laughs> i tweet 500 times a day um yeah and by morning we do mean like at the end of your night yeah <laughs> <laughs> at the afters yeah <laughs> we're not waking up to tweet in the morning no no when i wake up in the when i wake up in the morning i don't do anything for the first two hours of being awake i put on a playlist i drink coffee and i stare at my ceiling for two hours <laughs> That's my, my morning pages as a writer are just me um writing like controversial tweets that I immediately delete. Yeah. I'm like this is my <laughs> this is me honing long-term skills. Yes. Also, if I post about my laser hair removal on Instagram, please don't ask me questions about laser. <laughs> okay, good to know. I love watching is that, what that you're journey. Plugging? It is it's obviously sponsored. Like just just ask him. Just ask the person I tagged. Like like I don't I don't know why I'm fielding everyone's like like body hair anxiety. It's like on a six week basis. It's like miserable. Yeah, you're plugging do not inquire further about my spawn con. That's my plug. I would never even think to inquire. Like- <laughs> I love just watching the journey. I love knowing each week how much less hair there is on your butthole. It's my it's like all that I post. Yeah, anymore. I love it. It's really fun to watch. <laughs> it's just like weeks of silence, and then it's like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to. I'm trying to be like you. I need to do that with my nipple hair. Yes, I love that. Follow my journey on OnlyFans as I try to get rid of my nipple hair. Although I'm starting to grow attached. I'm like, this is part of who I am. Is that I have to pluck this every three days. That's how I feel about my chin and upper lip. You pluck. Yeah, I mean, I like there's no other thing that works as well like i'm not trying to wax my nipple like that is a whole other like it's too it's stretchy like 
soft feminine Ugh. skin there you know it's not like a peck where i don't know how other people's nipples are but it, the nipples coming off with it if i wax it yeah no it's the same for boy nipples or, you know, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah it's they're just so tender um and then shaving it is definitely not an option because i'm just not trying to like have no, stop <laughs> i did that once yeah so i pluck it i've nicked my tits yeah it's terrible oh yeah Oh my god! I've thought about like maybe I mean, marrying it, but that just feels like I don't need that. No, and it smells so bad. Yeah, yeah, it smells like literal rotten eggs. There's also something kind of satisfying about plucking my nipple hair. All right, see, we got it. You should learn how to sugar. You should guys should get a sugaring kit and just sugar each other or sugar yourselves. <laughs> I've sugared. Do you want me to sugar your nipples? Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's put that. Let's put that on OnlyFans. I feel like it's less of a like. We'll do. We'll do that on OnlyFans. We'll sugar your. People keep asking us. Oh my god, they'd be sugar. Yeah. People keep asking me and Anya to like collaborate on make a sex tape porn, and we're like, we just we can't. Yeah. Sorry. We're sorry. We just can't do that with each other. Yeah. Um. It took us a year and a half, or yeah, right, a year and a half to even make out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're people who make out with all of our friends. Yeah. There's just something about our friendship where we can't just, we can't cross that boundary with each other. We like made OnlyFans videos of us like spanking each other yeah. once. Um, <laughs> but that. yeah, like I guess maybe our only option is body hair removal together. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll send you your cut for, <laughs> for suggesting sugaring. Yeah. <laughs> You could piss on each other, probably. I feel like I would let my friends piss on me who I don't necessarily want to. Yeah, I've with. let the only person who's ever pissed on me has been someone that I didn't want to fuck. It was like a funny experience rather than like a sexy one. Okay, Trinity. No, I know. I know. I have yeah. the acid. Let's do it. <laughs> Great. All right. Cool. Can't wait. Um. So that's gonna be the next iconic collab. Subscribe to all of our OnlyFans. Um. Ty, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um. Yeah. Lovely to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for um your like very thoughtful and vulnerable um things that you shared with us genuinely. Yeah. Great answers to everything all yeah. around. I'll bleep or edit this out, but you truly were my favorite guest. <laughs> Are your favorite yeah. guest? Honestly. Oh, Our you. other guests don't listen to the podcast, so we can leave Yeah, it so in. we can leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look forward to twirling yes. with both of you at the next Carrie Nation, oh, same. which I will not miss Thank this God. time the way I've missed every single time. I know. I haven't twirled with you since like, I, it feels like it's been since summer. Since Unter Halloween. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's been too long. Yeah. We'll cool. see. We'll, we'll see you at the next Carrie Nation and um, yeah. See you on the flippity flip. Hopefully there's not a coat check line from hell and we're all just going to have a great time. Yeah. We'll find a place to stash. (laughs) I mean, we we have a place to stash. We're connected. (laughs) 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 We're very well connected in the Carrie nation scene. We we can, we got a place to put our coats. Um, All right. Well, dirty couch. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go return to my hustle culture um, and go to a stand-up comedy show tonight and i have to go watch yellow jackets in bed <sighs> god 2022 the year of not promoting it's so anything. good, it's so so good. Melanie I just Linsky finished hive it. rise up <laughs> <laughs> have you finished it yeah i just finished oh, it okay, i'm not talking okay, yet yeah. i had a whole fight with my boyfriend about oh it. my god wait let's talk <laughs> Well, because like we started it together and then he went to sleep and i was like i'm finishing <laughs> this and he was like he was like no and i was like 
shut up. I'm finishing this. You're going to have to watch yeah, it Yeah, it's so good. And I did. I'm, and I did. And, and guess I what? Did. I fucking did it. <laughs> Just like Misty would have wanted you to. <laughs> it was kind of spooky, though. Like, I kind of, like, had a hard time speaking. Okay, no giveaways. Super spooky. Yeah, no, give, no, no spoilies. Um, but I'm so fucking mad that... Now we just have to wait for a new season. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to binge the rest of it tonight. I'm going to rewatch it because I think that a lot of the first episode. I so much TV I mean, watch. same, but I'm going to rewatch it. I think the first episode is going to like have all these different revelations once you like know everything that happens. Yeah. And oh. anyway, that's it. Time to go. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.